are you pregnant or a new mother steering parenthood? Pregnancy and birth of a baby is a life-changing event, an event that will make you happy, weepy, frustrated, joyous and exasperated all at once. Hi, welcome to my podcast Baby Ahoy. I'm your host, birth coach and expert Chitra Natarajan. I'm a birth enthusiast who loves drinking cups of chai, taking long walks in the woods and all things interiors in equal measure. I will be talking to an interviewee every other week to discuss birthing experiences, coping with the new role of being a parent and other valuable topics to navigate parenthood. This journey is bumpy but certainly blissful. Join me from wherever you are for a fun conversation. To everyone who's listening to this episode, I have Carol with me. Carol is the guest for today's episode. Carol is the CEO and founder of Parentally, which is an online platform which has practitioners for when you're expecting a baby or when you're thinking about having a baby or when you are pregnant and you're looking for a childbirth educator or if you're looking for a doula or if you're looking for a baby sleep consultant after you've had a baby, Parentally is the site for you to be able to go. So I'm going to ask Carol to introduce herself and say a little bit about Parentally and how she started her journey into, into becoming a CEO of this company. And then we're going to have a conversation today, which is slightly different from usually the conversations that I have on my podcast, which is about birth stories. But today, Carol and I are going to give you a little snippet about what you have to do if you're thinking about having a baby in the Netherlands. So hang in there and listen to our conversation. Hey, Carol, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, Chitra. So nice to be here with you today again. Thank you for having me again. It's always a, a real pleasure to have these chats with you. The feeling um, is so mutual. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about parentally and also my journey about becoming a parent uh, here in the Netherlands. So maybe just um, a few words about my background. So um, I'm a French mother of two boys, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Uh, I gave birth to my first boy when I was living in the U.S., in Hoboken, New Jersey, and then we uh, relocated to the Netherlands, uh, and I've been living with my family in Amsterdam mm -hmm. for the past eight years already. <laughs> and I gave, uh, I know, right? <laughs> Time <so>. flies. <laughs> uh, and I gave birth to my uh, second child uh, here. And the story goes that uh, when I gave birth to my first uh, boy when I was in the US, it didn't go really well because. I was just basically underprepared and I was thinking like, everything's going to be fine. I'm just going to go with the flow. But uh, turns out uh, the labor was very, very long. I had a very long epidural and uh, it all ended in an emergency C-section, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't really leave me um, a great, uh, a great souvenir. Like I didn't like when I think back on it, it mm -hmm. wasn't really a very positive experience. And also postpartum was quite challenging. So when we moved to the Netherlands and I learned that, uh, I found out that I was pregnant with my second boy, I decided this time to look into ways to try and better prepare myself and also try to avoid the epidural because it really wasn't a good experience. And I also especially wanted to avoid having the C-section because I wanted to be able to bike. <laughs> to bring my son to daycare <laughs> and also to go, uh, you know, 
uh, up and down the stairs because I live on the fourth floor and it's quite a challenge when you have, uh, I think, a C-section where when you want to remain really active. Fit yeah. and be ready quite exactly. quickly. Yeah. Exactly. You want to, to remain uh, active. So, yeah, uh, I tried a lot of different things, acupuncture, uh, I did um, some courses, yoga courses, but I especially found uh, hypnobirthing <laughs> that I did with you, Chitra, and really made a world of difference because it's got me so much more relaxed and so, so much uh, less stressed about uh, giving birth. And I had the beautiful birth without any epidural. Um, it all went really beautifully and really fast, actually. Um, so I had the most beautiful experience. And I think it's uh, mostly thanks to all the preparation that I did and all the support that I got all along the way that I was uh, able to uh, to have this uh, such a beautiful experience. So when... COVID hit and I lost my job. Uh, it became actually the opportunity to look into other things that I could do with my life. And I was always interested in everything related to parenting, parenthood. And actually, ever since I discovered hypnobirthing, I talked about it to every of my friends <laughs> because they were like, oh, it's, it's so you know, amazing. You should try it. Person for hypnobirthing. And I'm I know, so right? grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I shared my book. My book is so old now because it's, it's been in so many hands. And <laughs> talking with other friends, other parents uh, about hypnobirthing, and nobody knew about it. And nobody actually really knew about all the different diets types of extra care and support that you can get, you know, from the moment you you, you, you find out you are pregnant until your, your postpartum and your first years of parenthood. Indeed. So this is why I, I decided to launch Parentalis. Parentalis um, is an online platform that helps all new and future parents find out about and also um, learn and search and connect with all the different types of uh, uh, practitioners and service providers who can help them at every stage of their parenthood journey. So during pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and their first years of parenthood. So we reference uh, vetted practitioners such as doulas, childbirth instructors, lactation consultants, childhood coaches, massage therapists, nutritionists, postpartum care providers. So Basically. many, many, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> exactly. Unexpected family yes. needs to have. I think you have everybody listed on your website and I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, you're, you, you know, such a platform exists because, you know, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I didn't have anybody, <laughs> you know, I wish I had somebody to actually say that, you know, hey, if you're pregnant and if you're looking for somebody because you need that kind of help and support, I didn't have anybody. I had to really go all the way out to look out for somebody to be able to help me out. And most of the times such practitioners didn't exist or they were not readily available. They were available, but between far and few. So I'm so happy and I'm so glad that you decided to actually launch Parentally. So as much as I really love you, Carol, but I also really love you for open, for starting Parentally. <laughs> Thank you, Chita. Um, you know, the reason why I reached out to you to record this episode, and I want to actually share this story with, uh, with all the listeners as well, because Carol, 
was um, you know one of the presenters at I am Expat Fair in Amsterdam a few weeks ago, and Carol very kindly invited me to come and actually share a little information to all expectant parents, parents who are thinking about having a family in the Netherlands. I like a little workshop, called, you know, called having a baby in the Netherlands, and we had such fun a couple of weeks ago. You know, manning a a little place for ourselves to talk about parentally and to encourage people to look into all these different practitioners who are available to make sure that they feel more supported and included as part of the community. And I thought it would be such a great thing for us to record this episode so that. You know, Carol has done a lot of research, and I thought it would be such a fun thing to do to have this conversation, record this podcast for people who are thinking about having a baby or who are pregnant and you're wondering what am I supposed to do now. We just thought we will actually record this episode and give you five or six bullet points so that you can look into it, think about it, and then go and do your research and or get in touch with Carol or myself. if you need any other information so that it becomes easier for you because just as what carol has mentioned carol is french and you know she moved from the us to the netherlands i'm originally from india and um, i've lived outside of india for close to 20 years now and it's always nice for you to have this kind of support when you don't come from this country it is so important as migrants that we find our our tribe our village to be able to help and support us so that's why we are here that's why this episode is going to be very helpful for anyone who's listening who's considering having a baby and who's thinking where am i supposed to start and what am i supposed to do this episode is for you so on to you carol again i know you and i we've spoken so much about it now so what do you think people need to do if they're thinking about having a baby what is the first thing you think that they should do <laughs> well i would say there are let's say about six main things that they would need to do but yes indeed i think uh, looking for information about the local healthcare system is key because the system here is so Uh, I would say, uh, particular, like really different. Uh, when I came here from the US, it, it was really different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing that uh, you need to know is that you know if you have a healthy pregnancy that everything is going well, then you're going to uh, be taken care of by uh, midwives. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, they are the ones who are going to do the regular checkups. compared to the US where you would see uh, an OBGYN so the first thing i would say that you need to do is to find your midwife so the moment you see your positive pregnancy test then you're going to look for midwives Indeed. and yeah so you're going to look for a practice what people usually do they go on google and they look for a community practice in their neighborhood which is like the thing that's most commonly done exactly. uh, your community midwife is going to be to, to take care of you but then really the choice of the midwife is is yours and you can also look beyond your neighborhood you can look at like it's also a matter of feelings like how do you feel with the midwives uh, do you feel like there is a connection you can also look at all the different services that they can also offer uh, directly in in yeah directly in the practice i know that some practices can can do the 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 ultrasounds directly on site some don't so yeah it's a little bit of research to do and then exactly yeah, until you, you find a good fit precisely so all you need to do is as soon as you get to know that you're pregnant just google look up for for loskundigen praktik closer to your home look up for some reviews 
make sure that um, that you feel comfortable when you're looking for your midwife. Look at their website. Most of the midwifery websites are bilingual, so you feel comfortable if you don't speak the Dutch language so that you can approach uh, the midwives. Even if the um, website is not bilingual, it's absolutely okay for you to give them a call because almost every single midwife will speak to you in English and will be happy yes. to take you in. So don't be worried about that. So the first thing you need to do is just as what um, Carol has mentioned is to get in touch with your midwife who is closer to you. I think that's the most easiest thing because you don't want to travel too far. Yeah, but true. Mind, it is all up to you. You have so many options, you know, that are available. So feel free to do that. So that will be the first one. Yes. Yeah. Second one, <laughs> I would say, would be to check your health insurance. So if you've been in the Netherlands already for a little while, you know that uh, uh, health insurance is private. So everyone has to choose their own health insurance. And then it's always nice to check with your health insurance package what is covered and what is not. So in general, so prenatal uh, care is included, so the care from the midwives and also the costs related to uh, the care during uh, birth. Um, yeah. And also uh, this beautiful thing that we call Kramzorg, which is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in, a, in a second <laughs> yes absolutely so usually Kramzord is covered so sometimes you have to pay a, a contribution um, of about 5 euros but in general Kramzord is included but then if you want uh, additional services let's say um, childbirth preparation courses or nutrition advice or lactation Lactation consultants, which actually is also often uh, covered, uh, lactation uh, consultants. Covered, yes. It's always good to check to make yes. sure that, you know, they're covered. Um, or say, for example, a pelvic floor specialist. You know, exactly. If you difficulties during your pregnancy with your pelvic floor. And if you want to train your pelvic floor and get your pelvic floor checked after you've given birth to your baby, irrespective of how you give birth, whether it is vaginal birth or a C-section birth, I think it will be really good for you to have a pelvic floor specialist. So it's important for you to check your health insurance to make sure that all these practitioners are covered so that you're not paying out of pocket or even if you are, you know, some amount is being reimbursed so that you're taken care of. Yes, exactly. And especially read the fine prints because it's all in the fine print. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> read the fine prints. It's usually um, really tiny and it's in Dutch. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really hard, but you definitely need to look into it. If you're unsure about what's written in the fine prints, please call the insurance to find out, um, you know, for more information so that you're not blindly signing up for something and you're wondering, I don't know why I did that. Yes. And... Yes, maybe two things I wanted to say about the insurance is that so when uh, when choosing your insurance, you can only change your package or your insurance company once a year. And this can only be done from November 12th until December 31st. So that's the mm -hmm. only window during which you can change your package or your insurance company during the whole year. So if you are, I don't know, considering having a baby or planning a baby for next year, then you can also think about that in advance and look into your insurance package and change it at the end of the year in anticipation, if I can say like this. And the second thing, there are two websites that can help you choose your insurance companies, uh, which are uh, Zorgvisor and uh, Independer. So you can find information on these and uh, you can find information about what the insurance companies uh, cover in the premium packages and whatnot. 
Indeed. We will actually put the link of these two websites on the show notes so that you'll be able to actually go there and have a look at um, in terms of, you know, having a comparison with the health insurance. So I think that's a very, very good point, Carol. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next point? Kramzorg? Who is the Kramzorg? <laughs> uh, what is Kramzorg? It's a very uh, a special name. Uh, hiding something very beautiful, actually. Huh? Uh, Kramzorg is... Um, the care that you receive uh, directly after birth at home. So it's uh, actually a maternity nurse who would come uh, to your home to take care of the mother and of the baby and making care that and making sure that uh, both are doing well and that the mother is recovering. So yeah, the the Kamsorg, I say the Kamsorg, but it's actually the Kamfersorgster, is basically the eyes and ears of the midwife. So if, if anything is not going well, she will report it to the midwife. But then she will stay uh, between six and eight days at your home, about six to yeah, about six uh, six hours per day, and she will take care of you. She will make sure that the house is clean, that uh, both the mother and her baby are fed. <laughs> you are so lucky in the Netherlands to have the, you know the maternity nurse services. Carol, I um, spoke about Kramzog in the US in one of the conferences years ago and I sort of spoke to them and told them that you know what a fantastic service that we have in the Netherlands I mean not to boast or not to brag but also for people to think about the kind of support that they really need after you have given birth to the baby so the system as the Dutch maternity system the way it's been set up is that after you give birth to your baby you're fairly sent back home fairly soon so you don't want to be in a place where you're wondering I don't have any help or support and I'm a new parent here Mm -hmm. so that's why we have the maternity nurse to have a continuity of care and support for the first six to eight days where you are transitioning into parenthood in your own home in your own bed I think it's a fantastic service so just as what Carol has mentioned for everybody who's listening please go ahead and register and find a Kramzog immediately as soon as you get to know that you're pregnant as soon as you're finding um you know and you're you're doing your research and finding out your for los kundigan your midwife i think you need to actually find a maternity nurse as well because they are busy there are so many babies who are being born and they're Absolutely. taking families they are busy so please find someone as soon as possible as soon as possible exactly and there is a shortage of kramzorg in the netherlands so uh People might tell you that uh, you have up until the 16th weeks, the 16th week to uh, register for Kamsog, but we are uh, late. It's too late. The, the, the sooner, the better, Indeed. and you can do it both ways. You can either uh, register with a Kram bureau or you can look for an independent Kamsog. But either way, like the sooner, the better. I agree completely. completely. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, one what's the next point that people it's actually to- uh, kind of on the same topic uh, <laughs> child care child care is also exactly. like <laughs> exactly most of us are working parents and if you want to transition back into work whatever plan that you have you know whether it is in three months time that's what is the stipulated maternity leave unfortunately it's only the 12 weeks after you've given birth to the baby i mean it's 16 weeks in total the four weeks before that you take before your due date or your estimated birthing time, and then it's 12 weeks after, which I really personally think it's too short, but that's exactly how the law works. So, you know, how were you trying to sort of, you know, transition back into work? You need childcare. And for that, you need to actually register either with the daycare 
or if you're looking for a gastrauder like a, a guest parent who can actually take care of your child in their own home or if you're considering having an au pair for example you probably need to start looking at the kind of support that you might actually need for your baby so that you can actually transition back into work absolutely absolutely and if you are looking for a childcare what they call here uh, a KDV, a Kinder Dafab Life, you might have, especially in some cities, like for instance in Amsterdam, you might have to sign up for a, a different wait lists because, uh, um, yes, it's crazy. Yep. Crazy. So it's almost like someone was joking about when is the best time to try and <laughs> register for childcare. Well, <laughs> and it's a bit crazy. Yeah, it's, it's never too early. early. Exactly. I think you should just check in and, you know, check out and um, sign up for a daycare as soon as possible. Again, Google is your best friend. Please ask Uncle Google. Get some reviews. <laughs> make sure <laughs> that you actually get in touch with the daycare or a few daycares. Yes. You know, sign up for visits. Make sure that you know. And you might be just thinking, I don't know what I want. I know we understand where you're coming from. You don't know when you want to transition back. And you're probably even thinking that I'll transition back after three months of maternity. That's absolutely fine. But for that to happen, you need to actually find a daycare. Or even if you're thinking, I'm not going to go back to work after three months, I'm going to go back to work only after a year, you should still consider looking at having a daycare sorted as soon as possible. Yes. Yes. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> Number five uh, is actually echoing my personal story. I would say it's a very important point. It's important that you find, that you get prepared. Exactly. That you find the the way that you, like there are very different ways to prepare, whether you are going to listen to podcasts or read books or hire professional supports. Midwives are kind of uh, promoting uh, uh, autonomy, right? So they are like, leave it up to you to decide how you want to prepare for birth. And there are a lot of different childbirth courses, hypnobirthing, of course. Chitra is actually more of the expert <laughs> on this topic. So maybe <laughs> I will let you talk about the, the, the different no, ways to prepare. on the right track. I think you're on the right track. I think it's really important to understand that your midwives are there to help you and guide you and facilitate labor and birth. But they really don't have the time to prepare you physically and mentally and emotionally for you to get there. And I also think that, you know, it's important as expectant parents. I'll give you another very simple example. If you're going out to buy a stroller, you will do your research to buy a yes. stroller depending on your living situation, whether you can actually store the stroller, whether you're living on the fourth floor or if you're living on the fourth floor with the lift. So it's easier for you to carry the stroller up and down. Or do you want a collapsible stroller? Or do you have a traveling lifestyle? I mean, you look at all these different possibilities before you buy a stroller. And I do think that, you know, it's important for us to do that kind of research to find out what kind of birth that you'd really like. Because when we come from different cultures, if you come from a culture where it is a top-down approach, where you have an OBGYN or somebody telling you you need to do this, this and that, that's a different system. Whereas the Dutch maternity system, it's purely, you know, um, you know, it's all about autonomy and the Dutch are firm believers in personal responsibility and freedom. So you need to do your research and find out what are the different options that are available so that you can prepare yourself physically and also emotionally. And 
a childbirth education uh, course will sort of educate you and your partner or if you're a single mom mm-hmm. um if you're a single birthing person that's absolutely okay you're always welcome to some of these classes with either a doula or with your sister or with your mother or with your brother it could you know whom or it could be but it's important for you to prepare yourself for different scenarios and different possibilities so that you're not sort of feeling a bit overwhelmed or anxious on your birthing day i think that's very important very recently i had a couple who gave me a call and who was um, you know talking to me about why is it that you know you're an educator why do we need to hire you yes right and i was trying to tell them the exact same thing my role as an educator is to make sure that i prepare the both of you for different eventualities and different yes. outbirth outcomes so that you're not stumped with the outcome that happens on that particular day where you mm-hmm. leave the birthing experience as a good birthing experience rather than thinking as i'm not really sure why i went through that because somebody asked me to do something mm-hmm. that is my role as an educator and for that you know the the father was actually asking me saying that but i expect this from the midwives i expect the midwives to teach me all of this but the midwives are they don't have the time yes. or the energy to be able to actually prepare you for such scenarios and that's where you know the cultural nuances comes into place mm-hmm. culturally when you come from a system where somebody is going to tell you and you 100% trust that person to be able to help and guide you that's a different system and that's very mm-hmm. questionable whereas here when you're presented with all these different scenarios and you need to pick and choose as a parent as to what works for you and if you're not abreast and if you're not sure about what to pick then you are more likely to feel overwhelmed so my yes. role as an educator is to help you beforehand to think about all these different scenarios so that you and your partner are well prepared and my classes always focuses a lot on the partner as well because i always feel like the partners sort of feel a bit left out in the whole laboring process um mm-hmm. so when you work together in synergy then it becomes um you know a good experience together to be able to prepare yourself during pregnancy and also to go through this experience in the laboring room i think it's so important for you to be able to do this together and not really wait for someone to tell you that you need to do this i mean that's my you know personal take on why you need to prepare yourself not only physically but also emotionally Yeah, absolutely. That's very true and very well, uh, very well put. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, it's very interesting, Carol, because these conversations keep coming up, and I can't insist enough about you know why it is important for us to prepare ourselves, you know, mentally and emotionally. It's the same thing when you're trying to you know attempt a sport for the first time, or even go for your dance lesson for the first time. you sort of feel a bit like a, a bit awkward and you're thinking i don't know what to do but then when you have someone like a teacher to or a facilitator to help and guide you you start to feel more and more confident about it and it's the same thing whether you're swimming for the first time or when you're running for the first time i mean i think running per se um, you know i would still say that you know even if you don't have i think anybody can run but you just have to have i can't i can't <laughs> I'm not a runner as well, huh? let me tell you. But you really need to have it in your brain, in your, yes. in your head. It really is your brain, which sort of tells you that, you know, I don't think you can actually do it. You know, you have to stump your brain all the time saying that I'm going to go ahead and do this irrespective of what you tell me. 
I think it's really nice for you to be able to prepare yourself a bit better, not only physically, but also emotionally and to be able to do it together, you know, as a couple or even if you are not a couple and if you're a single mom and if you want to have a support of your family member, you know, to be there with you if you can't afford yes. a doula, for example, all of that is a possibility. So my role as an educator is to make sure that all these possibilities are presented to you so that you think about it early on and not wonder about it or feel anxious or overwhelmed about it on your laboring day. Yes, absolutely. And there are many different ways to prepare, actually. Eh? It can mm -hmm. be taking a course, it can be listening to birth absolutely. stories, uh, it can be taking a prenatal yoga courses or hiring a doula, or there are so many mm -hmm. different ways. You know, the thing I was talking about with a friend uh, last week is that, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the... the, the, the um, realizing that you need to prepare for birth only comes the second time around when you've had um, <laughs> a not you so know, good first experience. I, and then you, know, you realize, so ah. It is so true. I've had so many mothers getting in touch with me second time because the first time you sort of think that I'm going to go ahead with the flow of whatever is happening. Because first of all, it's an overwhelming experience of being pregnant for the first time. And you're also navigating the system and you're also in a new country, in a new place, in a new system. Yes. You sort of go with, yeah, it's okay. This is what my parents did or this is what my siblings did. So I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing. And then you have a certain experience. And usually the second or sometimes even for me, the third time where, you know, mothers would come around and say, no, this time I definitely would like to have a completely different experience. So can yes. you actually help me out? So it is very true that you actually mention it. So it's not that it's wrong if you don't prepare yourself well. No, it's really not. Yes, it's not. It's not wrong at all, but such services are available. Childbirth educators, hypnobirthing practitioners, prenatal, uh, you know, counselors. There are birth coaches. There are so many of us who are available, who, are, you know, we are all experts in this field, who can help and support you. If you can, mm -hmm. I think it would be a great thing to do, to be preparing, you know, to prepare yourself mentally. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Which leads us actually to the last point. Indeed. <laughs> the last point is... <laughs> Yeah, um, to get support, I think it's one of the most important things. It's, uh, we are talking about uh, right now the professional support, but it's also about, you know what they say, it takes a village to, uh, to raise a, a child. Exactly. Um, we are internationals in an adopted country. We don't necessarily have the family around or so many friends. And I think it's absolutely important to have your village. You have to have your support network, to have people who are going to, you know, uh, help take care of you and your baby and uh, because it's such a life transforming event to uh, exactly. become a parent and have to take care of this new baby and also have to take care of this new self uh, that you know you are also discovering so like if you can not do this alone then uh, yeah I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really important to find people who are going to care and uh, support you Absolutely. You're so right in saying that because, you know, we have the maternity nurse only for the first six to eight yes. days. And then after that, they leave. And then if you're wondering about, okay, what am I supposed to do after that? There are a lot of, you know, professionals who are available as well, like, you know, professional yes. 
homeschoolers, nannies, um, babysitters, you know, people who can actually cook food and come and deliver food for you because, you know, you will not be in any... I love this, yes. <laughs> you'll be able to get up and like cook food. You know, both you and your partner will be completely dazed and, you know, you're completely sleep deprived because you're trying to understand this new baby. Um, so that's why I love your platform again, Parentally, because you do have a list of postpartum doulas and other, you know, practitioners and other support people who can actually be there for these new families, to be there to help and support and guide these new families. I mean, I'm not saying again that everybody has to have a postpartum doula, but no. whatever is possible, you know, try and get some help. And if you think that, you know, financially, I'm not in a position to actually plan on having a postpartum doula, then can you actually think about having a family member to come at some point and then to be able to help, trans, you know, to help you and transition into, you know, parenthood in a way that helps you? I mean, these are things that we need to think about because I always say that we somehow focus more about labor and birth and we forget about postpartum. Yes. And postpartum, again, is not the first 12 weeks. Postpartum, you know, according to the latest scientific research, it says that postpartum is the first three years <laughs> after the baby's birth. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm pretty sure it's uh, quite accurate. <laughs> exactly. It's three years. And we sort of expect us to go back to being normal, like before mm -hmm. the baby, whether it is about the pre-pregnancy weight or doing a lot of things that we did, you know, before we fell pregnant. Um, I think it's about understanding what changes you've gone through uh, as the bodily changes, but also the changes that you have gone through with your partner, having this baby and transitioning into parenthood. You are the same person, but you are new. You've, you're, yes. you're reborn in a certain way. So it's about rediscovering yourself with your partner, with your new family, with your new baby for all of this you definitely need to have the kind of village, the kind of support that you really need. So it's really good for you to think about who's going to be part of your postpartum journey after you've given birth to your baby. So so yeah. these are the points. I think um, <laughs> um, we've sort of covered the basics of what you really need to know. Uh, but Carol and I will be very happy to, you know, give you more information, um, anything that's nuanced, anything that's that we didn't cover in this particular episode please feel free to get in touch with me or get in touch with Carol. I will list both our email IDs in the show notes. I will also put Parentally website. I will also put my website. But feel free to get in touch with us because it is important for you to know that, you know, such a platform exists and, you know, we are professionals and we'll be able to give you the kind of information that you need. And if we don't know the kind of information that you're asking for, we will be in a position to point you to some other resource. We'll be very happy to say that, you know, we don't know, but maybe you should try this. But we are here to help you. Uh, so, yeah, Carol, would you like to add anything else? I think you said it uh, perfectly. Uh, I was very happy to share this uh, conversation with you and uh, to show, share, also share about uh, my uh, own experience. Um, yes, this, you know, they, they sometimes say it takes a parent to recognize the parents. And, yeah, it's like... <laughs> When you become a parent, everything really shifts and it's a new life. And uh, and we parents, we are, we've all been there and you, we know it's tough. So, yeah, 
Um, if you can get support, you are not alone in this. Get it. Um, yes, please don't hesitate to contact me if you have any question or to, or to contact Chitra, of course. Chitra, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you so much, Carol. Thank you so much for being part of my uh, podcast episode again. I really hope that, you know, we continue to give these little, you know, little gems. With pleasure. Yes, with pleasure. Over a period of time. So thank you very, very much once again. Thank you to all of you, my lovely listeners, for tuning into my podcast. I hope you found this episode informative. If you really like my podcast, then please do subscribe for more such episodes. Please feel free to share the podcast with your family and friends. And this will help others know that this podcast exists. Thank you once again and see you all next time. Bye.